Welcome to Wellness for Entrepreneurs, where we have meaningful conversations with founders. This podcast is about exploring, educating, and empowering entrepreneurs on maintaining wellness in their entrepreneurial journey. My name is Matebe Jobo, and I am an entrepreneurship investor, scholar, and evangelist. I am your host. A Greek philosopher once said, change is the only constant in life. And that still rings true even today. We see this through technology disruption and how it's changing our world. It's changing the world of work, the world of business as we know them. This is the Wellness for Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest, Nikki Ferd, the author of Disrupt Yourself or Be Disrupted. I'm super excited because I cannot think of a better person to talk to us about the mindset to disrupt yourself in the 21st century other than Nikki Verd. Nikki, welcome to the Wellness for Entrepreneurs podcast and congratulations on the launch of your book. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored to be here. Thank you, Nikki. Nikki is an entrepreneur, digital strategy consultant, author, and thought leader on personal disruption. So Nikki, you have written a book on personal disruption, but let's start right at the beginning by understanding who you are and where you're from. Thank you so much. Um, as you've already introduced, my name is Nikki Bird. I am from Cameroon. I have been in South Africa for 14 years now, I think. Yeah, <laughs> My counting is so wrong, so I've been here forever. And I love it here. And yeah, I, before we started, I just told you, though I'm from Cameroon, I cannot speak French. So no one should ask me, vous parlez français? Because they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your story is one that many people in South Africa and across the world can really relate with. So many people have gone through retrenchment. You decided to act after your retrenchment instead of being down in the dumps about it. Please tell us more about how you did this. Uh, you know, a little bit of a story on really how I got retrained, you know. Um, I remember going to work one morning and what I thought was a normal meeting as usual. At the end of that meeting, I was jobless, you know, and when it happened, I did not see it coming. I did not imagine myself being retrained. I used to think that retrenchment was something that happens to old people. So I thought I was too young. I thought I still had a lot of time you know, before this can hit me. But then uh, it was a naive way of thinking now that I look back at that mindset <laughs> because retrenchment can happen to anyone. And I also thought that because I signed a permanent contract of employment that I was safe. That was also another naive way of thinking. That permanent uh, contract you sign means nothing. When something happens and the organization is restructuring, you're going, <laughs> whether you sign a permanent contract of employment or not. So those are some of the big lessons that I learned as the retrenchment happened. But nonetheless, it was a very uh, devastating uh, time in my life. To say devastating actually feels like an understatement. I was shattered. I was like a walking zombie, right? And as time went on, after I'd made trying to make peace with this new reality about my life, I realized that, um, you know, it became like when you buy a car, you start seeing that mark of car everywhere. Now, if I turn on the news, I hear about retrenchment. That was something that I wasn't paying attention to at all prior to me being retrenched. 
And so I became very curious as to why is this thing so much? Why is it happening so much? Why is it so rampant? How can an organization let go so many people and they are still thriving and they're still functioning? And I throw myself on the internet just to satisfy my curiosity to understand what was really happening at the back end of all these things. And that was when I started coming in contact with um, uh, the whole concept of uh, the fourth industrial revolution and the emerging technologies that are that are coming up, like artificial intelligence, uh, robotics, all of these whole automation things. And those are things that I never knew before. I never paid attention to before. The whole concept of artificial intelligence itself sounded to me like a foreign concept of Chinese because I've never known about that. Uh, fourth industrial revolution, everything was so strange. And uh, mind you, Prior to me uh, being retrained, the only tech that I knew was sit on my laptop, work, send work emails and all of that, or make phone calls on my phone. That was all about the tech I knew. Now I'm sitting here having to study about artificial intelligence, having to study about robotics and the whole automation and how it works and how it affects people at work. So this, I kept researching and it just became like a rabbit hole where I kept digging myself in and in and in and in. And so I was sharing a whole lot about it on social media as well. And more, more people were very uh, uh, interested, so to say, in what I was writing on social media. And they were, now, they were now asking me questions as though I was an expert in this thing. And they don't even realize I'm just as clueless as they are. These are new findings for me. People even in the, within the IT industry are asking me questions and I'm like, hey, you were supposed to know this. <laughs> so yeah. I realized that a lot of people, this was something a lot of people wanted to understand. And so it evolved from those uh, social media posts to me writing the blogging about it. So I started a blog, uh, which is now my personal website. And it just evolved from there, from those social media posts to articles on my blog and it finally became a book. Uh, I feel very honored that it came out. Uh, it came out just before COVID happened, a couple of months before COVID-19. And so hence we took forever to launch the book because the, the whole pandemic dis uh, disrupted that and delayed the whole process of the launch. However, I thought that the best title for the book would be Disrupt Yourself or Be Disrupted because I was sitting and having confidence in my future and in the work I was doing and in my organization and someone disrupted my life, right? So I thought, well, uh, if this thing happened to me, it can happen to anyone. So there is no neutral ground. Someone cannot just sit and be hoping, well, this, this, this isn't really for me. This whole thing is going to blow over and things are going to go back to normal and I'm going to be fine. No. It is either you are the disruptor or you are the one being disrupted. That is the reality of the world in which we are living now. So that is just a little bit about my background story and how the book really came about. The whole journey to personal disruption took um, place on the back of, you know, the loss of your employment, which in and of itself is quite a traumatic event, like you said. Um, the journey for you to rediscover yourself and to get the courage to start trying something new and to start believing again. What gave you that courage to believe that you could not only overcome your challenges, but you could thrive? And I would like us to really position it and start talking about the mindset to be able to do that um, and, and draw some parallels right between that and the change that's happening around us and, and the implications on entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship as a whole. But really, what gave you the courage to believe that in the midst of these challenges, with all your mental um, 
um, ups and downs that you were going through at the time, you could really overcome and not only just overcome, but thrive. It felt at the time like I didn't know what I was doing, right? But nonetheless, I had to do something. And somehow right. I believed at the back of my mind that um, the dots we connect at the end. Somehow the whole mindset thing started shifting. Maybe in the middle of this journey, but in the very beginning, I had no clue what I was doing. But I'm like, I have to do something. No, I, I, I just cannot sit when you have your back against the wall, that is when you need to do something. You, you, you are not even in the state of mind where you know what you're doing is right. But the whole point is just to be like, I need to do something about my situation. I cannot just sit back and fold my hands and hope that this thing is, I'm going to wake up one morning and this thing is all gone. So that was literally, if we have to use the mindset whole situation, that was really my mindset at the time. Like I have to do something, even though I don't know what I'm doing, even though it feels weird because I've never really looked at myself as a writer, even though it feels like, you know, there were no, no words to actually describe the whole situation at the time. But all I knew was that I need to do something about this. But my mindset, in the course of doing this thing, I started developing a whole new mindset, which is that of possibility, which is that of believing that the dots we connect at the end, even though I don't know what the heck I'm doing right now, but the dots we connect at the end. You know, especially when you realize that what you're doing is of impact to other people. You know, social media now becomes like a place where you test your ideas, even though I didn't know at the time that I was really testing an idea. But the feedback you get from there and seeing how people are interested or even inspired by what you're putting out there gives you that courage to keep going. Like, you know what, you're not wasting your time here. Keep going. The dots we connect, the dots you connect. And literally that was how this journey evolved and became what it is today. Lovely. I like that. You didn't know what you, what you were doing, but you had to do something, right? So I love that starting point because part of it was then exploring um, and understanding what are my passions? What is this thing that's happening um, around me, you know? And it just makes me think that, you know, with the high unemployment rate in South Africa and poverty on the African continent, um, we have to have that mindset of exploring and curiosity of trying to connect the dots. So how important is it for entrepreneurs to pay attention to what motivates them and to rediscover their true passions? That's a great question. And I feel like partly you already answered, you know, by mentioning curiosity and, and things like that. I had a webinar this morning just before, um, uh, well, this is supposed to be my third webinar for the day. Wow, okay. <laughs> so, um, the webinar I had this morning, uh, I literally was talking about creativity and, and, and curiosity, which I believe that curiosity should be considered a skill in this age and time, which is that mindset to wonder, ask questions. Why is this happening? Remember, if you go back to my story, there was those questions of me wondering why is this thing happening not just to me but to people around me so ask yourself you know if people can develop that skill of curiosity and start wondering allow your mind to wonder and to ask questions and seek answers for those questions when i asked the questions i didn't just sit back and say oh well i don't know i throw myself on the internet to find out what was driving retrenchment at this rate in which it was driving retrenchment. So for those that are in business, if you are wondering about a certain aspect of your, of your business or you're wondering about your future, maybe you're still thinking about how to get into business, get online and start researching. You don't need, a lot of people are, are held back by, by the whole idea of funding and not having money to start. No, you don't need money to go on Google. Well, except for data, you know, 
you don't need that. So get on initially on use your creative ability, use your, your curiosity and get on Google and start asking questions that will empower you and enable you when resources start flowing your way. Because remember, when I lost my job, I had no source of income. But when I was, and, and I was writing the book, I had, no, I had no idea how it would even be, be published. But I didn't give up. I kept making myself resourceful. I kept building an audience online, believing that the dots we connect at some point. So it is, curiosity is a gift. And a lot of people don't yet realize what they can tumble on if you can just be curious to understand how is this world, how is this digital space, how, what can I leverage with my skills in the digital space, in the digital space, or how can I get my business in the, on these digital platforms, or what can I do, you know, to, to digitize my business or to yeah. digitize whatever is it that I'm doing. It is about those curiosity. Once you become curious, your possibilities and opportunities become endless because once you start asking those questions and start searching answers for those questions, you will, you will tumble on, on resources, you will tumble on networks, on people you never would have otherwise met, like you and I here talking now. That is a network. You will build so much from just being curious and searching, and you will tumble on so much. There is a quote, I don't remember exactly by who, the, this, the writer said, no one ever tumbles on something by sitting down, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. sitting in no one tumbles on something by sitting down and wishing but the moment you stand up and you start moving you can stumble on something and again it's that whole idea of you don't know what you're doing but you've got to do something lovely i love the parallel i love what you're talking about when you say um curiosity so curiosity as a mindset so i want us to talk about a little bit more about minding the mindset thing right so entrepreneurship and personal growth um as well as leadership and disruption they're not the same thing, related but not the same thing, as one could commit to growing on a personal level, I suppose, uh, without being an entrepreneur. But I want us to really draw parallels between the challenges that you speak about that relate to the fourth industrial revolution on a personal level and the mindset that enables entrepreneurs to succeed. So in terms of when we talk about entrepreneurial mindset, we're saying, you know, are you rapidly sensing and acting and mobilizing yourself? Um, do you think that we're now living in an uncertain time and that the ability to read the times is now more important than ever, especially in the context of the fourth industrial revolution? Absolutely. The ability to read the time is much more important than we can even imagine, right? Because if you are not reading the times and where we are going, it therefore means you'll be left behind. It therefore means you'll be out, out of space. It therefore means that you will become obsolete or outdated. So you have to be able to read the times. You know, speaking of mindset and the parallel lines that we have to draw, most people who are entrepreneurs, they, not just entrepreneurs per se, but generally most people look at tech in terms of you've got to be an IT guy to talk about technology. You've got to be an expert to talk about technology. And if people are carrying on with that kind of mindset is going to stop them from actually leveraging on these technologies and these systems to expand themselves and to expand their businesses. I talk about it even in the book that the, the, the topic of technology can no longer be left to experts. I am not an expert speaking here. Uh, it's something I learn on my own and I always give myself as an example. I have no background in tech. I have no degree in IT. In fact, I don't have any degree for that matter. But I learn. I throw myself on the internet and I learn so much on my own. 
So for entrepreneurs that are looking, are, are starting businesses in this digital era, you cannot afford to focus only on brick and mortar systems and give yourself the excuse that, well, I'm not a tech guy, you know, I'm not a tech girl, I don't have a degree in IT, or I, I need to know how to code, I need to know all of these things. No, none of that matters. You can upskill yourself online. You can learn the basics of technology online. And I tell people, I'm not the smartest of people in the room. If I can do this thing, anybody can do it. You know, so if you can just adopt that mindset that anybody can do this thing, I can learn the basic basics about tech. You don't have to necessarily go learn about the technicalities of artificial intelligence, but you can learn and how it can affect your business. You can learn on how you can leverage it and perhaps maybe get an expert then on board to build a system for you. But it is up to you, an entrepreneur, to understand how these things work, even at the basics level, because there's so much information on the internet. There's so much information out there, most of it for free, actually. Yeah, I love that. I love that um, reskilling yourself online. So information is really everywhere. And so, like you said, you don't, it's really not up to the experts anymore to be worried about technology. I think, I suppose we're all past that now. It's really about how does it impact me? What does it mean? What are the opportunities? Um, how can I use it? Um, you know, so I love the points that you're making there. Um, so entrepreneurs are constantly looking for opportunities, right, in the market and to create value by offering something new. How would you relate this to personal disruption, the constant sussing out of opportunities? Uh, with personal disruption, I believe that, remember, the whole idea of personal disruption is about the individual. Because for so long, personal dis uh, not personal disruption, for so long, disruption has always been attributed only to businesses right, sure. of new business models that come into the marketplace and disrupt the marketplace. You think of Uber, you think of Airbnb, you think of all these new systems that are dis disrupting the marketplace and disrupting businesses. But then somehow if businesses are being disrupted or, or being innovative and moving ahead and the people running those businesses are not being disrupted in their mindset, then there is a mismatch. You know, that is why I bring the concept of personal disruption because you cannot be able to drive innovation if you're not being disruptive in your own mind. You know, if you're thinking of disruption only in terms of businesses, you will be left behind. So as entrepreneurs, you need to constantly, it goes back again to the whole idea of curiosity, being creative and all of that, because if you are not being disruptive in your mindset, it will be difficult for you to innovate as an, as, as, as an entrepreneur. It will be difficult for you to adopt some of the, the new technologies and new processes that are coming into the marketplace. It will be difficult for you to scale up if you are not being disruptive. So for you, ask yourself, questions the industry in which you are how is technology affecting this particular industry look into the new tech that are coming into that particular industry how can i make use of this particular technology how can i adopt this particular technology in my business or in my industry ask yourself five years to uh, ten years from now how is tech going to affect my industry how is my industry going to 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 be effective you know or how is technology going to cause the whole industry perhaps to be obsolete, think about it. And if you see that there's no future in your business, time to jump ship and try something else, you know. So these are questions that entrepreneurs need to start thinking in terms of personal disruption and in terms of innovation. Asking is about asking yourself difficult questions. That is the whole idea of personal disruption. Because when you ask yourself 
difficult questions. Let's say use a student, for example, this particular degree I'm studying right now, when I finish in four years, will it still be relevant for the marketplace? That is an example, you know, based on, 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 on students and, and all of that. So when people ask themselves these difficult questions, then they can be able to disrupt themselves. That is the whole idea of disruption. Even maybe someone who is still an employee, they're not in business, as I said, the position I'm currently holding right now, uh, is a human being going to be needed for this particular position in the next five years? If not, you start thinking of a jumping ship. So it's the whole thing about asking yourself uncomfortable questions and making decisions accordingly. And for any entrepreneur listening to me, ask yourself, what is the future of your industry? How is tech changing that industry? What can you adopt right now to stay relevant? So those are important questions for you to disrupt yourself. Yeah, I love that. Does it come down to... Um, also self-esteem, you know, because I suppose you can't ask yourself difficult questions if you're not, um, if you're not clear, I suppose, in terms of what you can do or, or are prepared to learn and believe that you can do it. I mean, how important does self-esteem, confidence um, come in here? How, how important it's are they It's very important. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question because people don't realize the toll on which this thing can take on you, on your mind. You know, sometimes you doubt yourself. Sometimes you feel like, like, is this, is this even worth it? Like you feel like giving up. And in, in one of my, uh, the conversations we had this morning, I said something, I'm like, don't be afraid to look like a complete idiot. It takes confidence to have that kind of mindset. And that is literally me. You know, don't be afraid to look like a complete idiot because some of the things you're doing, especially in this age and time, some of the things that uh, innovations that will be coming up will be innovations that when you start coming up with that, people are going to look at you like you're crazy. Even you yourself, you look at yourself like you are crazy. Like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing like, this? Really, why am I doing this? <laughs> exactly. So you need to, self-confidence is very important. Like self-esteem is very important because there is going to be so much doubt from those around you, from within your own mind, but you need to have, and confidence is not about not being able to fail. You know, confidence is all about not being afraid to fail. That's where people get it confused. They think if you're so confident, then why did you fail? No, the whole point is because I'm so confident. That's why I'm not afraid to fail. That's why I'm not afraid to look like a complete idiot. So failure should be embraced. Failure should become part of your culture. You should understand that failure is part of the process, you know, and once you embrace that kind of mindset, then your confidence will not take the biggest hit when whatever you're working on fails. You understand that this is the process. This is part of the package. You cannot, you cannot succeed without failure. And failure builds more character than success, actually, you know. I read something today, I think just a couple of hours before we started on this, uh, Larissa was talking about uh, look for opportunities to struggle. Like if you don't have any struggle yeah. in your life right now, look for opportunities to struggle, look for opportunities to face hard times because you are going to need that kind of resilience at some point. And if you have not been building that muscle, you know, it's like gymming. If you have not been building that muscle where you are like, okay, you know what? I've been through enough. I don't think this can break me now. When something big hit, if you have not been used to that, you might not be able to rise back up. So failure is actually a good thing. It builds character, it builds resilience in you, and it builds confidence along the way as well. I love that. I love uh, that whole concept of looking for opportunities to fail. 
Because, I mean, that's part of innovating, right? That's part of trying things and testing things out and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. Um, so in that process, I mean, what information, what feedbacks should um, entrepreneurs be looking out for? Or for people looking to disrupt themselves, should they be looking out for? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to explore um, different things, uh, knowing that I might fail. But what are those things that I should be looking out for to assess realistically whether an opportunity exists as I think it does or whether it's actually a false alarm? <laughs> I think that's a great question. And I think it's linked back to what is it you're passionate about? What is it you love doing? What is it you could do without pay? You know, and you still find joy in it and you still find happiness in it. I remember throughout the whole process of writing the book, I was barely making ends meet, but I was so fulfilled. I felt so happy within me. So I, st I tell people, when I say purpose can save your life, unless for someone who is really working on purpose and doing something that is fulfilling, many people cannot understand that statement. You know, I say sometimes purpose is more powerful than a degree. You yeah. can have a degree and you are still miserable. You can have a, 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 be a graduate and you are still miserable. But once you are working in your purpose, once you're working in your passion, the things that fulfill you, even without money, you go to bed and sleep peacefully at night. And this is something I have personally experienced. So to answer the question back, I would say people should look within them. What is it that makes you happy? What is it that gives you fulfillment when you do it and then you can explore around those things you know in my case i didn't know writing was a thing for me like there are certain cases you would literally tumble on your purpose or on your on your whatever is it that you're going yeah. to end up doing i if someone had pinched me and told me i could write a book I, like i would laugh their head off i would be like me write a book no <laughs> so but this thing chose me and I am so in love with the whole process. I love it. The fact that I can write and speak to people like we're doing here right now, it is something I never knew I could do. So sometimes your purpose chooses you. Sometimes you chose it. But nonetheless, unless you have that mindset of, of being open and your antennas constantly up to explore around and pick which signals and where you need to connect like Wi-Fi, you might miss out on opportunities. So one aspect of it, like I've already mentioned, find out the things that gives you fulfillment. Find out the things that gives you joy. What is it that drives you? You know, uh, we, I remember having a conversation, um, I think a video on YouTube where I spoke about uh, you don't need a car to chase your dreams, you know, because what drives you is more important than what you drive and there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are more focused focusing more on what they are driving than what drives them at the end of the day you feel burnt out faster you feel like giving up faster because that particular miracle car you want to drive you're not driving yet you know that particular thing you want to have you're not having yet no what drives you from within is it is what will keep you going whether you have a car or you don't have a car so Aligning with your purpose for me, I cannot stress this enough. It is very important. That is what keeps people going, even when all the odds are against them. So align yourself, you know, look within you. Sometimes it will take a little work for you to find it. There's something I wrote in the book. I mentioned that for some people, their purpose has been hanging on the fridge all along. You know, every morning you open your <laughs> fridge, that sticker you put there is still there. <laughs> it's watching you. It's looking at you. You know, it's there. You wrote that thing. You stick it there. You know, one day, one day you're going to do it, but still you're not doing it. 
So for some people, their purpose has been hanging on their fridge for the past three months, past five months, past one year is there. They're not doing anything about it. So it's not a matter of going to search. It's a matter of getting up and doing it. You know, for other people, they will tumble and eat like I did. For other people, you know, uh, it might be a crisis that will shake them off. Also, like in my case, you might lose your job and you may discover that you have to do something. And in the case of gaining something, you will realize, oh, wow, this is actually what I was born to do. So there are different elements, you know, different strokes for different folks. So, Yeah, I love that. What did you say? You said focus on what drives you instead of what you drive. That's what you say. What drives, what drives you is more important than what, than you, what drive. you drive. I love yeah. that, Nikki, because, you know, so many times we focus on the external because success must, must mean it's external, right? Um, if I'm going to try something, I must immediately um, succeed in it, you know, without, and, and the world must tell me I'm succeeding as well. And that is actually quite limiting for personal disruption. You know, because many times if you are disrupting yourselves, yourself, you're going to be doing things that nobody has done before, like you said. And people look at you like, wow, this one is not right in the head, this one. <laughs> you know, so, so I think it's really, really important in terms of making success, defining success uh, for yourself. It actually makes me realize, you know, when, when we're talking now, we're speaking about the journey can take a toll on you. And that it can be quite difficult. And so things, things like mental wellness come into play. And that the idea that if I'm not seeing the external success outside, it means that now I'm not successful, right? And mental wellness actually is not just about the absence of mental health problems. So in that instance where we're feeling like we're not succeeding, but it's about thriving. It's all the stuff you spoke about, about purpose, about thriving and contributing meaningfully to society, making sure that you are living out um, your purpose. And just talking about uh, mental wellness, I just want to, you know, and thinking about all of these external things, what are the important things that should be in place that, you know, on the journey of mental, um, I mean, on the journey of personal disruption, that entrepreneurs and people that are trying to disrupt themselves are, are paying attention to in terms of maintaining their own wellness as they proceed in this journey. Yeah, I think that is a good point to talk about because uh, mental health uh, with the pandemic and everything happening has become another global pandemic. And it is something we can no longer be sweeping under the carpet like it doesn't exist. It does exist. And I can tie into with that into uh, uh, emotional intelligence. And if we are not able to regulate our own emotions and, and manage our own emotions, then that is when mental health or mental wellness becomes a challenge. You know, you cannot be, be mentally well if you are unable to handle your emotions. And there are all sorts of emotions that are happening now. A lot of people are afraid, not just afraid of catching the virus, but afraid of losing their jobs, afraid of their businesses closing down afraid of another lockdown and perhaps people not opening shops and all of these things. So these are real fears and uh, you can't blame anyone for, for feeling this way, but the whole point is, are you able to manage, <coughs> excuse me, are you able to manage all of these emotions? You know, are you able to manage all of these fears? Are you able to identify exactly what you're feeling at a particular time? Is it, is it, you know, is it anxiety? Is it you being afraid of the future? Is it you being afraid of the virus? Is it you, being um, 
you know, worrying about losing your job, worrying about your business closing down, identify all of this because once you are able to identify all the emotions you're feeling, then you can be able to manage them. But if you just allow everything come on you like a, like, like a, like a flood or like a, like a storm, you might not be able to understand. You just feel overwhelmed. But if you can, you know, how do I put it? Put it in different departments, so to say. Put this one, this one belongs to this. Put it, put it like that. And then you can be able to breathe. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. This one is coming from the kids. This emotion is coming from the pandemic. This one is coming from fear of the shop closing down. This particular one is coming from this. Okay, just breathe. You might not be able to do anything about all of those things you're feeling. Right? You might be out of control, but at least you know what you're feeling. At least you know why you're feeling this way. A lot of people just feel overwhelmed and feels like they're about to explode because they cannot even, if you ask them what's wrong, they cannot even say what's wrong, what's, what's bothering them. Why are you so angry? They, they don't know why they're so angry. Why are you so bitter? They don't know why they're so bitter. But they just know, oh my God, I'm about to explode. So emotional intelligence is very, very important. And emotional intelligence is nothing else other than ability to manage one's own emotions. When it comes to emotions, we know very well how to handle the emotions of someone else. We know, you know, how to handle the emotions of maybe if you're an entrepreneur, people working under, you know how to handle the emotions of, of your of your employees or how to tell them to manage their emotions, how to manage the emotions of your partner, how to manage the emotions of other people around you. But when it comes to us managing our own emotions, uh, it's hard. And this is something I'm learning and I'm realizing that times in which we're living, if you are not emotionally intelligent, mm, <laughs> you are yeah. heading for depression. So it is just what it is and we need to have these conversations. Yeah, because a lot, about, a lot of uh, emotional intelligence is really about self-awareness as well, right? Yep. Being able to name that feeling, which is what you were talking about earlier, to say what is it that you're feeling, what is it that you're scared about, uh, what is it that's keeping you up at night and really reflecting on that. Um, so it's really about self-awareness and reflection. So on this quest, how important is it to reflect on the things that are working and not working in your quest for personal disruption, as these may in turn impact your ability to obviously stay persistent and the quality of your life, like we just spoke about now. Yeah, of course, there are certain things that will work and there are certain things that will not work. And it differs for everyone. For some people, you can keep working on them and it may work eventually. But for some people, you know, this is time to close ship, close it and, and, mm. and try something else, you know. So it, it's, it's not a one size fit all kind of answer, you know. It depends on any, uh, different situations for different people. And it all depends on what is it they're looking for. There are certain situations you know and you know and you know and you know this is not going to go further than this. Let it go and you start something else. But if it's something you know, it just requires more effort and more patience, then keep working on it until you get to where you want to go. Yeah. And for you, what was that? What are, what are those things that for you are indicators to say, look, I'm on the right path here or I'm not, I'm not on the right path? And what are, those, what are some of the things that you had to kind of can and say, Mm-mm, that's not going to work for me. I'd rather just focus on this part. <laughs> that's a good question. I've never really thought about it that way. But thank you. Um, for me, when I lost my job, what, one of the things that I did was um, I started selling, how do you call this? Like hustling on the streets, uh, nothing illegal. <laughs> just a disclaimer to put out there. <laughs> Hustling on the street, like selling um, perfumes and and um, 
um, like little little accessories, right? Items I had to do sometimes with jewelries you know, and things like that. All right, I was selling that on the street just to put food on the table and to survive. All right, but I remember being um, somewhere in the heart of Joburg, you know, and there were a lot of people that we were doing this together. And on the streets, and I remember just having conversations with people. I'm like, tell me how long you've been you've been doing this. And some people say, no, I've been doing this for a year. I've been doing this for two years. Or I've been doing this for five years. And there were people that have been doing it for ten years. And when I heard you know, those people for five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, it terrified me. I was like, no, I didn't want to be on the street for 10 years. So I only lasted a couple of months and I was like, this is definitely not for me. And I know that I have something within me that I want to give to the world. I'm going to find a better way to do this. So what I did in my own uh, case was that I learned how to do the same jewelries that I was doing and selling on the street. It was more of beaded, these African beads. I used to do them. So I learned, and I learned it online. I learned most of it uh, on YouTube. But then I was doing it at home and uh, advertising on Facebook, selling it on Facebook Marketplace to be able to put food on the table. So rather than being on the street, I was like, no, this becomes like another job. I get up in the morning, I go there, I come back. At night, sometimes you don't even sell anything, but you've been out the whole day. You get home, you're tired. The kids uh, um, uh, want something. There is no time to focus on whatever it is it you really want to focus on. So I had to like, okay, one, the street is not for me. Secondly, even with the jewelry, jewelry that I was doing and, and selling, the whole idea of it was to... Uh, to survive for the time being, it wasn't really something like I say I was very passionate about. So once the dots started connecting for me at some point i also let that one go and i focused entirely on what i'm doing now which is you not know, building my brand writing speaking and things like that so yeah <laughs> i hope i answered your question you've answered it in the best way possible i love it i love that so i mean the fact that you are learning so many things online you don't you're not a technologist um, by training but you're definitely a technologist um, now by self-education and experience, how important is it for somebody to adopt the mindset that you've adopted, which is a growth, which is a growth mindset in terms of learning, right? Believing that you can expand and gain skills um, over time, as opposed to, well, that's what I, you know, that's what I've learned at school and that's it. And that's what I'm doing. So as opposed to a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is going to drown you. <laughs> that is just the whole truth about that. A fixed mindset is going to leave you behind while the rest of the world is moving forward. And I feel like you asked the question and you answer, you give answers at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so because a lot of people with a fixed mindset, their mindset is that, well, I went to school, I have a certificate. All I need to do is hang this certificate on my grandmom's wall or on my mother's wall or on our family home. We hang it there and we go passing every weekend and hoping for the job to come one day. That is a disaster, for, a recipe for disaster. You know, if that's what people are doing, you're hanging this certificate that you got three, four years ago. Have you even asked yourself, you're still relevant for the market? All that you have in your mind is that I have a degree. This degree is no longer relevant. Hello, wake up. That is a fixed mindset. It's not taking you anywhere. You know, you go partying every weekend and then you come back, you look at your certificate hanging on the wall and you nod your head and like, one day is one day. I know I'm going to get a job. I know I'm going to get a job. A job where? With what skills? You know? What are you bringing on the table? 
just the certificate. No, you need to bring much more than that. <clears throat> so we're living at a we're living at a time where organizations are no longer focusing more on certificates. It's about what you bring to the table. What value can you bring to the table? And if you are not keeping yourself up with the times, you know, if you're not keeping up with the times, then you'll be left behind. So a growth mindset is very, very important, which is the mindset to constantly seek opportunities, constantly seek how you can add more value to yourself. How can you add more value to your business? How can you add more value to your employees? You know, it's that constant seeking of knowledge, being a lifelong learner. It is not about the fact that you had this certificate five years ago, 10 years ago, three, even three years ago, it's becoming fast obsolete. So you constantly have to be on this trajectory of constantly learning and constantly evolving and constantly empowering yourself and constantly adding value to yourself. Because you never knew when opportunities can knock at your door, you know. So for those that are having a, a fixed mindset of, you know, I went to school, I graduated in 2050. Mm, uh, no, <laughs> you need to wake up. You need to wake up. And a lot of people, when they hear of upskilling or 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 a growth mindset, all they're thinking about is, okay, I think I need to go back to school and finish that degree I started. And that is still not the best solution because somehow the school system is a bit behind or with yes. what is happening, where the world is going right now. So upskilling doesn't necessarily mean go back to school and get a degree. No, that is, uh, I call it in my book, recycling your problem. You just recycle your problem, you know, because you didn't really solve it if you recycled it. So it's not about going back to school to, add, to, to get a degree or to finish the degree you started in, in, in 1901. Ask yourself, is it even relevant? Is it even relevant for me? Sometimes I feel like, you know, short courses and things like that are much more relevant in today's marketplace than just focusing purely on degrees. And I think that is why people with growth mindset should really start exploring online courses. You self-educating yourself. If you know how to code and you can build systems and you can program and an organization, an opportunity comes and you are in front of this organization and you can show them what you can do. They're not going to chase you away and say, no, go and bring your degree. Prove, prove to us with a degree that you can. Not, not really. Th things are changing. Even though there are still those... Uh, fixed mindset organizations also where they're only looking at a degree and they don't care about what skills the other person have but those are organizations that will be left behind as well you know but for real organizations that are being innovative and creative and driving change they are not focusing on degrees they are focusing on what value is this person bringing to the table what problems can this person solve in real time that is what people are focusing on yeah, I love that. So if somebody's listening to you and says, Nikki, I hear you. I hear you so wholeheartedly, but I need some help. Where do I start? I mean, well, this is the world I've known. I haven't even learned the skills to learn. I don't even know. I was taught when, um, you know, I was taught one plus one is equal to two and there's no other way of doing it. So what do I do? Um, what practical tools can you offer somebody asking this question? That's a great question. For those that are having those kind of thinking and asking themselves, okay, what can I do? Um, I used to say something jokingly for women, uh, most of us, uh, the makeup we are wearing now, we, our mothers didn't grow up wearing this type of makeup. And how did we learn about it? We learned about it on Instagram. We learned about it on YouTube. <laughs> we went on these, you know, social medias and we saw how other people are doing it. 
And we practice until we're able to draw our eyebrows and flick and be able to do all of these things with our faces and all of this makeup. So these are things that you see people proactively go out to learn on their own without anybody chasing them. For women, they do that, right? But when it comes to really acquiring skills, you hear people giving lots of excuses, but well, I don't have access to the internet. Well, I don't have this, but no one has ever complained not having access to the internet to go and learn makeup, you know? So I'm already giving one tool out there is that you have data. You can go on the internet and you can learn and you can Google, <clears throat> you can ask questions. The same questions you're feeling in your head right now, just go on Google and type it out. You will find a variety of answers that you can, you know, you can start working on. Sometimes the, the, the problems we're having, the answers are just a Google search away. As simple as that. But a lot of us don't know that we can go on Google and type that question and find an answer. A lot of us are waiting for a mentor to show up so that we can ask our mentor this question. Mm. <laughs> and we're waiting for a whole lot of things so that they can show up and we do this. No, so one tool that is the greatest tool anybody can use is go, go online, you know, go online and find these things. If you're able to find the latest fashion online, you're able to find the latest hairstyle online, the latest makeup and all of that online, you can find tools to empower your future and to upskill yourself as well online. The second tool, of course, is my book. Get the book. Get the book. <laughs> Get the book. <laughs> Get the book. It gives you the basics of what technology is all about and how it's changing work and life in general. It will give you, like, it's a manual to completely overhaul your mindset on how you think and how you see the world, you know. So I don't want to over talk about it because nobody will believe me anyway if I'm singing my own praises. But <laughs> Google it yourself <laughs> and find out and review some other people what they're saying about the book. And yeah, get the book. We're definitely going to do a book review here on this episode with you, Nikki. So we're going to make our listeners get the book. <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to get it anyway. We've got such amazing listeners. I'm sure they're going to get it anyway. <laughs> so um, what practical tools then can you give somebody who is feeling like, well, they need to pivot their business, right? Um, so the one is the skilling. They're <laughs> upskilling themselves. So how do they pivot their business? In a sense, what are the th what are the things you can you know just tips that you can give them, places that they can go and look. We already know that uh, there's a lot of gold gems that we're going to unpack um, in your book, so I look forward to that. Um, but really, if somebody's saying, you know what, as an entrepreneur, I'm struggling. I do realize I've been farming using the oldest equipment. How do I upgrade it a little bit? I think. Off the top of my head, one thing I can throw out there right now would be brand yourself. Build a brand around your business or around yourself. It is very important. Branding cannot be overemphasized. A lot of people do not understand what how powerful personal brand is. You know what? Uh, let me read a section about that from the book. Maybe it's the best way to get people... To understand <laughs> what I'm talking I love about. That. Give, I love that. Give, yeah, give me just a moment. On branding yourself, I will read something just uh, quickly here. Uh, don't be scared to present the real you to the world. Authenticity is, the, is at the heart of success. You can't find real success while pretending to be someone else. You are an entrepreneur or maybe a consultant, a singer, 
or a graphic designer or a speaker or a writer, but we only see images of cats or favorite celebrities on your social media. So in this new economic era, your social media is your business card. So to avoid branding yourself is like shooting yourself in the wallet. People don't buy products, they buy people, they buy the story. Bring a person of quality, you know, being a person of quality attracts clients of similar mark to your business. How you look, how you speak, how you smell, and even what you write on your social media platforms are all important factors that contribute to how people see you. Not just your personal appearance, of course, but your overall branding, business card, logos, website, everything. Your employees, your business associates, your representatives, even your friends are seen as an extension of you. Therefore, promote a culture that deeply reflects who you are in your organization or in your business. And be careful who you hang around with. You know, hanging with the wrong people can hurt your brand and can hurt your business as well. So the whole point is that a lot of people don't have a social media pla uh, brand for themselves or for their businesses. You will meet someone and they will tell you amazing things, what they do. And then you go to check them online and you're like, oh, wow, they just posted their breakfast. You know, unless you are in the restaurant business, I don't understand how that is linked to whatever is it you're doing. You get what I'm saying? You, you meet people and they talk about it. Because for me, I really don't collect business cards. I just go online and let's connect. And then you, you go on their profile and there's literally nothing there. So branding is very important. I think for anyone who is serious about doing something significant and relevant in this digital era, your personal brand is very important. Very important. I remember having a webinar not so long ago as well, and I asked the, the audience a quick question. If I Google you right now, what will I find? If I Google your business right now, what will I find? And if I cannot find anything, then you need to pull your sleeves off and do something about that. You know, what articles are you writing? What kind of content is on your website? Okay, do you even have a website? Let's begin from there. Is there even a home? Do you have a digital home for your business, for your services, for your products? Do you? No, if you don't, because it is a fight for attention. Nobody's going to drive through down your street where you're staying and they start knocking at doors and asking, do you know Joseph? Do you know um, Gossi? Do you know uh, Lulu? Do you know? No one is going to be doing that. Everyone goes on, on the internet. They type a name. If yours doesn't come up, you're already deleted. You're already forgotten. Whoever names come up is what they're considering to do business with. Mm. And so having, your, having an online profile is very important. Ask yourself as a business person, if someone types my name out there, what is going to come out? Okay, let's say you're focusing more on the business brand. If someone types my business name on Google, what is it going to come out? And if nothing comes out, mm, right now, if you type my name, Nikki Verd, I'm sure something will come out. If you type the title of my book, online something will come up about me and i have it hasn't happened by accident all of it happened by intention because i knew that people are not going to be coming to my address knocking on my door and asking hey can we take you out for lunch today people are going to go look for me online and if they don't find me then i'm missing out on business and i'm missing out on opportunities so i think that the most practical tool for any entrepreneur listening right now is do you have a social media presence do you have an online presence if all you have is a business card Mm, nope you need to do more than that you know talking about business cards uh we're laughing the other day my husband and i that actually we haven't used our business cards in a long time in fact my ch our child just plays with them you know she just draws <laughs> on them because 
and in the past business cards was such a big thing you know like if you met somebody and they didn't have a business card it was like oh my goodness this is not a legitimate business um but now you're absolutely correct we don't use business cards anymore we just go online and we try to figure out what you're all about and what your brand stands for and it's important it's important to brand both your business and it's important also to brand yourself and and bring the things that you are passionate about to the fore and bring your skills to the fore so thank you for really picking up on that nikki i think it's actually such an important point for um positioning yourself in the 21st century in the middle of a fourth industrial revolution um um disruption you know and and really positioning your personal disruption um values and journey and value proposition so thanks for that and one last practical tool that you can offer what is it that you can offer somebody or suggest to someone who says you know what i am on this journey i've started this journey of personal disruption um it is tough sometimes and i want to stay consciously focused how do you and uh, motivate somebody like that and what practical tools can you offer them the one thing i can think of right now is networking network people don't realize how powerful it is to network with the right people with the people that are of the same mindset as you you know um i think it's jim brown who said that you are the average of the five people you hang out with you know because if you are already on this journey of disrupting yourself this journey of doing something with your life and you are hanging with the same old friends that kept you in that same position for for the past 5 years you're not going to go anywhere they're going to pull you right back where you are so it is about expanding your network you know it is about learning to hang out with new people and you can attend <coughs> excuse me networking events or you can do it easily online you know and one of the best platforms for me personally is my personal choice is linkedin i love linkedin right uh and that is where i've met some amazing people i'm not sure if we only met on linkedin or you found me out of linkedin maybe that's a story for another day but i that's love linkedin that's a story LinkedIn. for another day but i also love linkedin <laughs> just to give you a clue nikki <laughs> yeah so i recommend that people take networking seriously expand yeah. the people you, you cannot stay with the same friends for the past 5 years and you haven't added any person new on that circle of friends that can challenge you that can make you think bigger that can make you rethink some of the beliefs you've held on to for so long so that's the power of networking the more you add people on your network the more your mindset shifts if you keep in the same people around you for 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 forever then nothing challenges you nobody challenges what you believe nobody challenges some of the things you're holding on to but the more you network and you meet different people from different cultures from different backgrounds from different academic uh, qualifications from different industries from different different positions you know social class and all of that that is how growth happens so don't be afraid to network don't be afraid to put yourself out there follow people you otherwise would not follow on social media even those that make you uncomfortable you will learn something from them follow them follow them just keep following only your school friends your schoolmates no it's not going to work that way follow people expand your network so i believe networking is very important it's one of the practical tools that have worked for me and i believe can work for anyone 
I love that. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how you go on a journey of personal disruption. <laughs> but Nikki, thank you so, so much. I mean, you shared so much of yourself, so much of your own story. Um, and I really trust that our listeners are going to start and um, jump into that book that you just launched around personal disruption. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about because it's that growth mindset, the ability to learn something new, reskilling yourself um, each time and expanding and, and, and understanding that the times are here. It's never going to be the same again. We have to evolve. So thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wellness for Entrepreneurs podcast, a space for meaningful conversations with founders. Please click on the link below to subscribe and follow us on our social media channels. Goodbye.